Alrighty, gang. Welcome back to part two of our episode with Lucas Parker. This week on the show, Lucas Parker, classic gag. <laughs> Bill, have you got some sponsors for us? Um, I do. You want to tell me about the show? Well, at I all? Do. Yeah, really. yeah, How was the show? What was, oh, what was it like? Mate? Yeah, I thought it was good. <laughs> yeah, look, the show was good. This will be um, this will be post good about the science. So the show took a really good stint around uh, Lucas Parker's nutrition and his his general efficiency in life. I thought I enjoyed that. I thought it was pretty good. You thought you enjoyed that? I did thought you? I enjoyed. Yeah, but I'm post <laughs> sure. I did not. Not sure. <laughs> no, nah, I did. I did. And then we spoke about his beard. Yeah, it was good. Find out how to grow a real good beard in this episode, guys. So oh, yeah. um, this podcast is sponsored by True Pride. True Pride are a wealth creation service who work with ambitious individuals and families looking to take control, worry less, and get ahead. Mm. If you're looking for a way to control, worry less, do you want to uh, drop a beat for me? Yeah. Ever, 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 ever. Worry less and get ahead when it comes to your money. True Pride is a wealth coaching business that will provide you the tools to fast track this. Yeah, to fast track this. Yeah, to fast track this. Okay, that'll, that'll do. That's sick. Um, I'm up. So, True Pride guys, uh, we're working with the, the guys there to crunch our budget. So, see where we're spending too much money. There's mm-hmm. a program called Cash Fit. Puts it all in front of you. You can see how much money you're spending on the necessities, see how much money you're spending on stuff that's not a necessity, which you class as fun, and how much money you got left over. And what the guys do there... They find little bit, little wins and big wins in certain things that they can minimize um, person to person and it can save you about $150 a week. So that's $600 a month and it's at the cost of $97 a month. Um, there's a $297 joining fee that is waived if you book uh, a call through our link which is at www.truepride.com.au forward slash ADVF. Check out True Pride. We're also brought to you by Carve. Why are you laughing? Oh, I just I heard something before. You farted, didn't you? No, actually, I actually did not fart. You heard something funny. What did you I don't hear? know what it was. I actually don't know what it did was. Did Marie fart? Marie did. Marie, fart. did you fart? Yeah. Marie farted. My, my housemate, my housemate Marie's not impressed with us. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Marie. sorry, Marie. It's not funny. Um, but you did so fart. This uh, this show is also brought to you by Carve Guys. Um, do you want to drop me a different different beat now? Oh yeah. <clears throat> ever, 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 ever. Carve. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll be serious. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I shoot myself. Carve is a company that specializes in anything digital from building apps, designing a logo, automating your business down to the setting up of your next event. Carve is a partner to be when you want to have more time to focus on the things you love and to scale your business. 10 hours for free on any project by heading to www.carve.ph forward slash ADVF Can you not ruin the fucking ta- the tag that they have to go to? But you have to go to... They wouldn't have even heard that, you goose. Oh, I heard it. So head to www.carve.ph forward slash ADVF Radio. So these are the guys that I get my assistance through, um, guys, and, um, and... They're awesome. They've given mm-hmm. me my life back by uh, by helping me out. So I've, I've got three assistants with Carve. Um, it costs me eight Aussie dollars per hour, six US pretty much. Um, those guys get paid really well over in the, in the Philippines and I'm able to um, outsource the stuff that I don't need to be doing. So aside from all the silliness, um, you guys should definitely check them out. Mm. We're also brought to you by Adventure Travel, www.adventurefittravel.com. Check out all the trips that we've just released. We just released Mexico with Jared Fleming up in the Yucatan Peninsula. We released uh, Bali with Carl Paoli. We're about to drop some trips with Carl Porter coming up, going back to the US. Lots of good stuff going on. Check out www.adventurefittravel.com for all of that. Awesome. All right, here's the show. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one.
Cool. Well, let's let's kick back into a little bit more um, training wise stuff after a couple of quality tangents there. Mm. Um, mm. So, Lucas, when you're going through um, your training period, let's actually uh, we kind of touched on it earlier, but when you're going through, say, open regionals games, let's start with when you go back to training now. Right. What will your days and weeks look like? Um, I haven't quite decided on that to be honest. Um, I think to I think what I well what I need is uh, a bit more of a uh, aerobic base aerobic development so that's that's going to be happening hopefully every day something sort of gently aerobic you know heart rate between sort of 130 and 150 for uh, accumulating amounts of time um, mm-hmm. but then I also still need to be working on some of my other weaknesses and, and sports specific movements so uh, a lot of uh, maybe small more consistent doses of um, like upper body muscular endurance stuff. So basically like, you know, gymnastic cycling, but like getting into bigger sets of, uh, you know, chest to bar pull-ups, toes to bar, handstand push-ups, things that when they come up in workouts, um, they can really hold you back if you have to stand around resting. Yeah. Um, you know, I think to, to a lesser extent, like barbell cycling stuff, sure you can lose time there, but it's, you can kind of get into a decent rhythm of like doing a wrap, dropping a bar, doing a wrap, dropping the bar and kind of get through a workout. But like, if your triceps fry out or your grip dies on a gymnastics component, then uh, that's a, a, a big setback. Mm. Um, and uh, so I think, you know, every, everyone needs a little bit more of that, but I think I do as well, especially if I want to do well in the open. Um, it's very vanilla CrossFit usually, the CrossFit Open. So making sure that I'm preparing and armoring myself well for performance in that domain Um is uh, something I, I've never really done before. I've always kind of written off the CrossFit Open as like, oh, yeah, I'll make it through, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And to some extent, that's smart because if you think you're a games athlete, you need to be training for the games. Um, but at the same time, uh, with trying to get in a bit of a better mental situation this year, I think maybe doing quite well in the Open, training for the Open, succeeding in the Open can be another victory that I've never really pursued or had in the past. Um and that could be a great way to sort of start my season is, uh, is doing well in the open. And at the same time, by training, preparing for that, um, that's not going to require or involve as much like crazy volume. Um, so I think for the next probably two or three months, uh, at least, my volume is going to be a little bit lower. I'm going to really try and get some quality intensity in and hope that that helps to um, sort of uh, – uh, fend off any uh any chronic injuries that i've sort of been dealing with for the past couple seasons so i'd really i'd really like to roll into this season like feeling super healthy Mm. um strong fit i just i want to feel really good rolling into this season and then uh and then push through regionals and push through the games and and peak at the right times so what do you do to keep your body up and running um i mean i think i'm kind of known for you know, my extensive warmups and, and prehab routines and stuff. Uh, and that, that all kind of comes out of necessity. So there's, mm-hmm. you know, various sort of scapular positioning stuff that I do some, uh, various sort of contract relax stuff I do to deal with a particular like knee or hip or back issue, whatever it may be. Um, so my, uh, my injury prevention stuff usually happens, uh, sort of in, in the, in the front end of my session with the goal being to get myself feeling as good as possibly can and so that the movements I do in my workout are as close to perfect as possible so that they are a benefit to my body, right? Mm. Like if you look at some athletes, um, their form is pretty terrible and sure their, their performances are good, their, uh, you know, their, their scores are good, they do well in the workout, but what happened to their body in, mm. within that performance was a, was a step back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know they might not have broken down or had an injury yet, but you can sort of, it's the proof is like, yeah, you did can some see damage. it in front of your eyes. Mm. Um, a good example, that would be a workout like Randy, right? The 75 power snatches for time. You can do 75 power snatches for time, uh, visually nice, biomechanically nice, or you can do it like dog shit. And mm. either person is a toss up to who could win. Um, but if you're training for something like that, uh, you know, if you, if you do the workout well, if you, move with virtuosity you can still be fast and powerful but by that will be a positive training effect for you whereas sure you'll work your energy systems or whatever but if you're like if you're just moving like absolute garbage that's going to be a negative stimulus for your body 
Um, so I want to, if I'm not able to, you know, do the, do my workout in a way that's going to be positive for my body, then I'm just going to need more time to get ready to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of my approach. Um, so that can take me a while to get ready, but, uh, you know, I want to make sure that my shoulders are rotating internally and externally. I can get a good overhead position. Like, and if you're doing kipping pull-ups and you're just like crunching through your lumbar and, and like blocking against your shoulder joints and you don't have those positions, like that's just so bad for your body. Mm. And yeah, you're maybe going to get sweaty and breathe hard, but uh, a year from now you might not be able to because, you know, you can't move. So For sure. Yeah. So, so what about actual um, – so that's kind of um, sport specific when you're actually competing and, and doing your wads. What about um, like – do you use float tanks or cryo chambers or massages or what do you what do you go to is there if any yeah i mean i love talking about recovery stuff um we could probably do a whole podcast on that to be honest mm. but uh next um, time next time yeah next we'll, time. we'll come visit you in victoria definitely stay at your parents oh, house you yeah exactly <laughs> well they have a guest house out back but uh oh, um so done. the um the uh i Periodization is something that's typically applied to programming. Um, but in some of the, the lectures I give, I talk about how you can also sort of periodize your nutrition as well as periodize your recovery. In terms of periodized recovery, um, it's pretty simple in that like generally sort of in the off season is less and in during the season approaching competition is more. Um, the reason being like, you know, recovery is good, but some of the modalities that people use to recover are essentially taking taking that job or taking that load, that system load away from the body. So a good example of that would be like, let's say you're doing some, uh, some rowing intervals or some assault bike conditioning where it's, you know, it's a cyclical movement. There's not a lot of, uh, not a lot of like, well, it's, it's basically all about like accumulating nasty chemicals in your body and creating an energy system stress, right? It doesn't require a lot of skill. It's all about the energy system. Um, and the point of that is to accumulate all these nasty byproducts and then and uh, stress your aerobic system or your lactate system or whatever you want to do. And then the point of that training is to have your body deal with that. Mm. Um, and if you're, let's say, doing one of these sessions and then right away you, you know, go get a massage or throw on your compression pants or get on your electro stim or fl- flush it out somehow – you're kind of taking that load, taking that responsibility away from your body. And that's part of the training. You want your body to be able to deal with those byproducts, you know, um, get rid of or metabolize those, those byproducts, uh, by, by itself. Um, so that's kind of part of training. Um, and it makes you feel worse and, uh, it's very challenging. Um, so that's sort of more of an off season thing. Whereas Mm. let's say before competition or leading into competition, you want to be spending as much time as you can at race pace. So you want to be short and sharp, fast and fresh. Um, and it's less about teaching your body to deal with that stuff as it is about getting all that garbage out of your system so that you can spend more time at race pace. So Mm -hmm. that's a very different approach. Um, so yeah, long story short, um, (laughs) I do a number of things, uh, but it, it varies through the year, but, um, I definitely, uh, have, I, when I was in university, I did a little project on, um, sort of hydrotherapy stuff and through and through some of my own just personal experimentation like out in the ocean and hot tub and and, uh, stuff like that um i've sort of come to the conclusion that i'm not a huge fan of ice baths um because the whole idea behind recovery like sure a lot of it is is biochemical in terms of like lactic acid and blood flow and things like that but some of it is neurological in terms of your uh, sympathetic versus parasympathetic nervous system Mm. so uh, for people who need a quick refresh, like sympathetic nervous system is like fight or flight, right? It's, uh, it's about, you know, firing up your, uh, your, uh, you know, uh, killing, killing muscles and, uh, <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. It's like your adrenal glands and yeah, like you that. know, all those various like, hormones getting going, whereas sort of <laughs> killing muscles. So like <laughs> parasympathetic is sort of your rest and digest. So basically the exact opposite of that, like redirecting blood flow, to the internal organs, mm. uh, uh, having, um, you know, lower cortisol levels, things like that. So if you jump in an ice bath and it's cold as shit and you're freaking out and tensing up and it's, and you're nervous and everyone's like, Oh, ice baths, ice baths. Like, Oh yeah. Like that's not a, that's a, that's a noxious stimulus to the body. It's, um, sure. It causes vasoconstriction, which can like, you know, flush blood out of the extremities. And, but it's at the end of the day, it's going to cause spikes in epinephrine, norepinephrine. It's a, it's a, sympathetic stimulus um so i'm you know more of a fan of like 
cool water or lukewarm water submersion. So float tank stuff is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I could go on and on about like the 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 uh, the physics of it, but basically like being uh, in vertical vertical submersion, I think is more important than any temperature or uh, or anything like that because when you're standing upright in water let's say like waist deep or chest deep or neck deep you get a there's there's more water weighing on you down low and there's less water weighing on you up high so what it creates is a toothpaste tube squeezing effect Um, and it's basically like a perfectly form-fitted perfectly uh, regulated compression suit Mm. Um, so that's kind of my go-to for recovery so whenever I'm in a competition Mm. whether it's regionals or games or whatever like if I can between events I'll try and go out and get into a pool basically and stand around, walk around. Um, if the pool is big enough, you can walk around like chest deep, neck deep. So you're a little bit, it's like, you know, quote unquote active recovery, uh, as well as getting that sort of good compression effect. So that's kind of my, my big secret. That's not so secret now, I guess. <laughs> yeah. um, that uh, now I there think is, is kind of the six CrossFitters yeah. in Australia that will yeah. know your secrets. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what's really interesting? We, um, do you know Wim Hof? Uh, the name rings a bell. He does the uh, some of the cold water, uh, mm. cold cold exposure and like breath holding stuff. Does he or yeah, yep. that's right. Yeah. He um we had him on the show. Oh and, really? Um, he's he's traveling around the world. He was in Melbourne for a bit, and we were able to, lucky enough to sort of have him on the show. And he he was talking a lot about the parasympathetic and um, the sympathetic nervous system mm-hmm. and um, what his breathing techniques and that can actually do to his to his body. And he's actually been shown to do a, a lot of test subjects that came on and learned his breathing techniques. Mm. And um, you're exactly like. Exactly right. When the when when someone who's unaware of those breathing techniques jumps into cold water or a cold shower or an ice bath, they go, oh, shit, and then fight or fight kicks in. You know, the mm-hmm. cortisol's up and it's preparing your body for war and all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But he's shown with his breathing techniques to actually – so he himself um, has a world record of being ice submerged for 80 minutes or something and actually uh-huh. raising his core temperature four degrees Celsius <laughs> based on his breathing techniques. So clearly – not only was his body not in in that fight or flight mode, but it was actually almost um, in in the rest and digest um, right, right, right. Um, system. So it's really interesting how um, that sort of stuff can work so well for someone, mm-hmm. and yet and yet um, not so well for someone else. I, I mm-hmm. myself have used to be right off um, cold showers and, and, and super cold and all that sort of stuff, and now I use it every morning. I'm in a cold shower for I'm up to seven minutes now. Interesting. Um, every morning, freezing cold, and I use it for of a meditative response as opposed right. to a physical recovery response. But right. do you do, um, you know, to, to some of your recovery, does that tie into the sort of mindfulness stuff? You know, I really want to pick your brain about that, yeah, that meditation aspect. Definitely. Um, so I've always been someone that's like not, uh, I don't know. I need, I need something, I need something to like something tangible to chew on some details, some facts, some science, whatever. So the idea of meditation is kind of like, oh, it's kind of out there. It's kind of ethereal. It's kind of floofy, whatever. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, at school, I, I took a, uh, I took a, a class on meditation that uh, covered a few different disciplines and talked about some of the science behind it, and and I've sort of uh, done a bit of my own research or whatever. And and so I, I guess I'd say that I meditate, but it's definitely with an eye towards the physiological side of things. Um, so for example, like I do a lot of like breathing stuff like belly breathing deep breathing um whatever and uh it's really neat to see the the effect on on the mind and the body um but that's because i i feel like i understand what's happening in the body um so i have something to sort of sort of latch onto um so yeah basically what i what i do is i i lay on my back my legs up on the couch or something get in a nice sort of like neutral pelvis neutral Mm. back position um and I'll try and breathe into my belly in sort of a circular fashion. Uh, and I will try and sort of feel my heart. Um, okay. That's cool. <laughs> uh, it, partly in an emotional sense, but literally I'll try and like feel my heartbeat. Mm. Um, whether that's by placing my hand on my chest or on my wrist or just sometimes if you're if you're calm enough, especially like at night or in the morning, you can actually just like feel the blood like pulsing through your whole body. Mm. Um, and what I'll try and notice is like as I breathe in and as I breathe out, I'll try and notice the, the rate of change in my heart rate. Um, and I guess the idea there is that like, so when you breathe in, right, you've, you've, uh, you've filled your abdominal cavity, you've increased the pressure in your body and it's sort of harder for your, your blood to pump through. So your heart rate will sort of like start picking up a little bit. Mm. And as you breathe out and release that pressure, there's more space. It's easier for the blood to move and Mm. your heart rate will sort of 
eventually drop a little bit. Sure. And what, what happens is by regulating your breathing, by focusing on your breathing, controlling your breathing, you're actually impacting your heart rate. Uh, and by, by sort of pushing your heart into this, like, uh, if you watch it, if you were to look at a graph of your heart rate, you'd see it sort of go up and then go down and then go up and then go down and it's falling into a wave like pattern. Mm. And so this wave like pattern in your heart rate or your heart rate variability becoming wave like is associated with parasympathetic nervous system activity. So it's sort of a cascade of like by controlling your breathing, you're influencing your heart rate, which is putting you into parasympathetic activity. Mm. Um, so that sort of very physical practice driving, you know, physical, um, say putting you into like a recovery state, driving a, a, a neurological state um, can then set the basis for, um, uh, I guess, like progress in, in your emotional or, or mental mm. state. Mm. Um but it's for me, it's a very bottom-up process. Yep. Uh, and I want to have a I want to have a base of physiology there. Otherwise, I just I don't feel like I would trust myself to make any progress if I don't sort of understand what's happening and and feel like I'm like I'm using my body to um to support my mental health. I guess. Right. How about the the flip side of that where. Mm-hmm emotions and um and thought can can influence the i mean we talk about this idea of mind body and that connection between the two and if you're you're thinking you know about stressful things your things you got to come up all that sort of stuff that can have a an effect on the body your heart rate's increasing this and that and you you're probably less inclined to be in a um in an optimal recovery state do Mm -hmm. you you think of that sort of stuff i do um for me that's that's tougher to feel like I could use that like in a, in any sort of, you know, performance enhancement or, or recovery strategy way um, sure. to just sort of think about relaxing and then have my body relax. I'd mm. rather sort of do particular things in my body that are conducive to physical and, ment- and then, and then mental relaxation. Um, mm. But yeah, a good example of that would be like, I'll be riding the assault bike and let's say I'm, I'm holding, um, I'm holding a, a particular like wattage or speed mm. So I, I know I can see that my work output is exactly the same. And then mentally I'll play around and I'll think about like, okay, I'm super relaxed, easy, breezy. I'm on the beach, like chilling out. And if I'm wearing a heart rate monitor, my heart rate might sort of like drop down a couple clicks. And then holding the exact same wattage, the same physical work output. Um, if I start thinking about like, okay, I'm in competition, like I'm stressful, I'm, ch- I'm chasing someone, I got to catch up, I'm going too slow. Mm. Like boop, 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 heart rate starts ticking up at the same output. So that's really interesting to see. Um, yeah, just like, you know, a particular, uh, mindset can, can definitely like trickle down into what's happening inside your body. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think it goes both directions. Um, I found it's, it's a bottom up approach as a little more understandable and, and tangible for me to work with. Sure. Yep. And I guess CrossFit's cool because there are different times where you have to you'd have to think about different things. Like you know what mm-hmm. I mean. For example, what everyone sees when you do when you step up to a bar, it's like all right, energy, 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 adrenaline, adrenaline. You know, right. get get yourself sorted. As opposed to maybe something like the the, the half marathon row, where you've got to stay in a in a relaxed mindset almost and just right. let that happen at a consistent pace. Just I'm so happy I've never done that. Uh, <laughs> I'm yeah. never going to row 21 k's my whole life. I don't think. Yeah, it's interesting. At the uh, dinner, when was this? I think this was at the CrossFit Invitational in Madrid. Mm. Um, all the athletes sort of got together, and Dave Castor was like, "We went around and said, like, what's our favorite moment and least favorite moment from all the times we've been in the games mm. and stuff." And sort of I said, "Oh, you know, this is my favorite moment. And I, I could tell you guys this, this story if you like, but my least favorite moment was a half marathon row." Um, and uh, I sort of said, oh, just because it sucked. And, and Dave asked me, Dave Castro asked me, he's like, oh, have you ever done it again? And I was like, no. Yeah. He said, why not? And I was like, well, just like it just doesn't seem like a valuable stimulus for my body. Like it just doesn't seem like something I really would benefit from. Like yeah. I, whatever benefit there might be there, I'd probably get that from rowing 10K or 5K. Right? Sure. Like, um, but, you know, I've been thinking about that since then. Like, well, like, you know, what if, <laughs> I, I don't think it will, but like what if it does come up again? Mm. Like I've literally have not, prepared for that i have not done anything towards that um and that obviously was a hole in my game at the time um and it it's is still a hole in my game because i haven't done any Mm. any work towards that um so i was thinking about maybe setting aside like maybe one day every year like i know like i think sam briggs does either on new year's day or christmas day i think she does like 
a half marathon row or a full marathon row every year. I don't even six, know. Six times on New Year's Day, six times on Christmas Day, and yeah, then three times exactly. a day throughout the rest of the year. Yeah, that's yeah. right. She probably runs um, about 40,000 Ks a day. So, yeah, I mean, there's maybe something to that. Like, yeah, you know, there's nothing magical about 21 kilometers, and there's probably something like bad about rowing for 21 kilometers mm. in a row in terms of like your repeated cycles of lumbar flexion, extension, all sure. that sort of stuff. But um, having, you know, some some sort of just like, ridiculous thing like that that you know is coming every six months or whatever that keeps you sort of preparing a little bit for that yeah. I, that's maybe something that uh that i need to do and maybe like the mental aspect as well exactly. of just you yeah. know practicing that okay yeah. i'm gonna have to put myself through an absolute slog here I've, yeah. I've for sure you grow from that yeah you know? because yeah like physically i don't think there's anything yeah good about that I agree. Ball, but but mentally it might actually be quite valuable because um, you look at a wad with a much shorter time duration just go oh this is a joke Right. You know? Well, yeah. it's all relative. Yeah. Prepares but, you right. for prepares you for the last two years doing Murph. Yeah, that's yeah. The pain. Yeah, the pain yeah, threshold to some extent. Yeah, not 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 actually the application of the movement right. or anything, mm. but the pain yeah. threshold and the mental. Fuck! Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, I can't believe yeah. what I'm and going through here. Honestly, like in terms of athletes, like if you ever met rowers, they're like, you know, they they train like two or three times a day. Mm. Well, I mean, various countries do it differently, but I've sort of. Uh, rubbed shoulders with a couple of the Canadian rowers and the Canadian rowing program is particularly uh, volume based and abusive like they train just all day all the time I think they're like their off day is maybe Sunday and they train like once or twice and like <laughs> and uh, it's basically like okay who can make it through the year and okay you're on the team mm. um, and it's so you know they perform well um, but like that's maybe kind of how CrossFitters train but CrossFitters get a variety of movements like mm. these guys are literally doing the exact same Move oh, it's insane. again and again and again. And if you're on an erg, you're just like looking at a wall. Yeah. Um, and I, I've never rode like that on the water, but that might be kind of enjoyable. Yeah. But mm. it's still like just your hands and your back, like you're doing the same thing all day, every year. Like mentally, you have to be either strong or just like off. Yeah, like, that's right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I think, yeah, rowing is a, is a perhaps an underutilized uh modality and and mentality in my training and probably for most people well um, Miko Sather is very famous for setting up that ergo in that yeah. room and he just shoved a ton of boring antiques in there just to make it really boring and shit so that every time he's on the rower that he's was just really cool yeah that was cool not a lot of people have seen that I'm, glad you, I'm glad you mentioned that <laughs> yeah it's a fantastic yeah, for boring any antiques. Uh, for any you know novice crossfitters out there that haven't sort of um cut their teeth properly you got to go watch the uh the original, I think it's called Sisu. Mm. That uh, that was one of the first movies CrossFit put out. Maybe after so. the, the Every Second Counts. Mm. I'm not sure which one came out. I think Sisu came out after, but uh, that was great. Miko Salo, original CrossFitter. Just, oh, he was yeah. my favorite. Awesome just dude. A yeah, boss. He's like I, I never, hero. never, hero. never yeah. lied down in a workout after I yeah. heard him heard him talk Same. about it. I was like, fuck. Right. Even though I was never that great at CrossFit, but mm. I just had that one thing where people would fall over in a heap. I'm like, I'm not going to do no. that. Right. And the one thing I took from it was in Porty, Finland, everyone have sauna. Yeah. <laughs> sauna. So now I just want to go to Finland and just Oscar's jump into lost. it. Oscar's loving it. <laughs> in the Porty, Finland. <laughs> um, so um, what about nutrition, Lucas? You're, um, you're very methodical in what you do. How do you approach nutrition? It's definitely changed a lot um, from day one. I think I was sort of known. Uh, there was a video that came out uh, that uh, Emily Beers did for CrossFit Media, I think in 2011 or 2012. Um, and I was going through a drive-through with her and getting some, you know, McDonald's and stuff. What do you guys call it here? Maccas? Maccas, yeah. yeah. Mickey Days. Mickey Days. So I was kind of known for for eating a lot of fast food and whatever. And uh, but that was even at even at that time, that was a calculated decision. Where at the time, I felt you know quantity was in some ways more important than quality. Like mm -hmm. I needed to be getting enough calories uh, to support my high level activity. And mm -hmm. at the time I was doing a lot of stuff. I had a lot going on, full-time student, full-time training, a few coaching jobs. And that was just for me the most economical, fastest way to get a whack of calories in mm -hmm. consistently during the day. Um, and uh, that worked until it didn't. Um, so, you know, I had a couple of years there where I was having some health issues and stuff and uh, I was like, well, nutrition, you know, has to change. So nutrition got better, um, but I was still very like, you know, methodical and repetitive with things. So I'd kind of eat the same thing for breakfast every single day. Most of my meals, very similar and started developing some food sensitivities from that. Um, so did some food sensitivity testing and I was like off the chart for eggs. Um, so I've been off eggs for a couple of years because I was eating, you know, for probably a few Ooh. years in a row, like six eggs a day like yeah, every single day all the hurts, time man. and sucks. so eventually you're gonna you know th that's not 
that's probably not a natural thing for the body to experience, right? Like mm-hmm. it's a pretty easy, you know, throwaway phrase to say, like, oh, variety is important. Like make sure you have variety, but uh, it really is important. Like daily variety, meal to meal variety, seasonal variety. Mm-hmm. These are all things that like you could actually take, uh, you could go down a huge rabbit hole of like periodizing, you know, what types of fruits and vegetables and carbohydrates you're eating throughout the year and day to day and session to session. Mm. Um, so I'm not that obsessive about it yet, but I'm definitely trying to these days include more variety, um, attend to uh, my food sensitivities, and then stay away from things that make me feel yucky. So, you know, I, you know, gluten free is kind of a a lame thing to say these days. Um, it's kind of overdone for a lot of people, but I definitely notice like if I'm eating more, say bread or pasta or whatever or any of it, to be honest, I get uh, get kind of bloated. I feel kind of dumb. I get like itchy. Mm. Um, and uh, also same with like sugar and stuff like that. So mm. I felt like that when I did. Um, yeah. I started a, um, a a meal service where you order your meals for the week and oh, whatever. Nice. And they had a lot of um, really high um, calorically dense kind of rices uh. and pastas and stuff. It was okay. either sweet potato, rice, or pasta with every meal, uh-huh. basically. And I've never eaten much in the way of rices and pastas. And when I did, oh. I literally felt. And I don't know whether it was because I'd heard it spoken about before right. or whatever, but I felt like I was. It's probably 15% dumber day to day. And I, I, don't, I don't like this. Um, and I just got yeah. rid of it straight yeah. away. I'm like, this feels fucking gross. And I felt yeah. I felt heavy and yeah. claggy. felt like my insides yeah, yeah, were yeah. clagged up. Claggy. With uh, super glue. <laughs> Clag glue. Yeah. <laughs> now, on the flip side of that, if, you know, if I'm doing CrossFit, CrossFit is a high volume and high intensity sport. And that's fueled by carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if any games athletes are like truly paleo. Um, I don't personally, I don't see how that's possible. Mm. Like there has to be a significant supportive base of carbohydrate intake to support that. So that's probably uh, for me and probably for many athletes, the biggest challenge nutritionally is okay. Where do I, where do I get my carbs? Like, yeah. And it was pretty funny at the, uh, at the uh, closing ceremonies, the CrossFit games this year, they always bring out like beer and pizza and stuff. And they also had some like alternative, healthier options. It was like sweet potato. And, uh, and uh, I forget who it was. One of the girls was like, if anyone touches those fucking sweet potatoes, yeah. I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah. Cause, like, cause we've all been eating nothing but, you know, sweet potatoes and rice yeah. and like, oatmeal and stuff for like the past, you know, well, at least a couple of weeks, but mm. like more like the past half of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I, I wouldn't say I quite eat paleo. In some ways, I'm I'm more re- restricted than paleo because I'm avoiding, uh, you know, eggs and like tomatoes and a few things like that. Um, but then I'm more inclusive in that I include like, uh, yeah, a lot of rice and I, mm. I try. So I like oatmeal, but I try and find like gluten free or or processed in a anti gluten facility, mm-hmm. um, just to to sort of you know throw that in there if I can. Mm. And I guess it's a lot of. Um Chopping and changing and figuring out what works for you at the time and all that sort of stuff. I know yeah. for me, like my diet's changed yeah. a ton, and it probably will continue to change. You know, that's the thing. Yeah, for 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 nutrition, for programming, whatever. Like that's all. That's all dynamic. That's all. That's it's not static. Like you find something that works and you roll with it for however long—a month, mm. a year, whatever. But eventually, like you're going to be a different athlete. You're going to be a different organism your mm. cells recycle lifestyle changes whatever and what worked for you last year might not be what works for you now um and i see that like in my warm-up routines right like i look back on what i was doing like a few years ago and it's totally different from what mm. i'm doing now but but i can't imagine like right now what i'm doing like you know it's it works for me like i need to be doing this if i mm. don't do this it's not i'm not going to be able to train but uh i can't even imagine like a year from now what i'm going to be doing mm. hopefully less because i don't <laughs> Yeah. I don't have any more. I don't have any more time to add any more things yeah, to my, right, to my yeah. preparation. So hopefully I'll, I'll find. spend four hours on a uh, massage ball. And I'll... <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, Tommy. Should we throw to some uh, some six from six? We yeah. Get we're, six getting, we're all getting a bit um, a bit uncomfy on this couch here. We're all um, we're all we're all moving spots. I'm stretching out the uh, the hip flex. We're both yeah. stretching out the hip flexors at the moment, aren't we? Are you stretching your internal uh, rotates? A little bit. Yeah, I like to sort of drop the hip in a little bit, get a nice little crunch in the inside of the hip. Yeah, yeah. Um, you got a bit of couch stretch going on. Big shout out to one. K-Star here. And That's I'm right. just, uh, yeah, Bill's just slack slouching. as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Bill's, Bill's uh, slack and bloated because he just had a pizza. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I'm doing the bin stretch. Yeah, you're doing the bin stretch. <laughs> um, Lucas, so we'll get you out of here. Um, I've learned about 
12 things in the last 45 minutes, I yeah, think. Sure. This, this last part's been really like, wow. But one thing I really wanted to mention, though, um, oh, well, I'll save that for the one of my questions. Okay. <laughs> um, so, Lucas, we normally wrap up with six from six, three questions from me, three questions from Tommy. Mm-hmm. Uh, my questions, first one is uh, your favorite travel destination, place you've been, can be a small town, can be a continent, can be a country. I hope this doesn't hurt your feelings, but New Zealand. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's I was, me. I know. Well, I no, was, we're uh, done with the show, guys, and we'll. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. It's just. It's. Um, there's some things that just stick with you, and I went. Uh, I drove from uh, Wellington to Auckland, and along the way, I stopped Beautiful. in uh, Taranga, and it was interesting. Like, it's a small, small island, but in the way that from driving across Canada, you start in like. You know, the, the coastal, rugged mountains, rocky mountains. You go through just the flat, nothing, prairies, mm. farmland. And, you know, you end up in a, a much different sort of lake-style sort of thing through, like, Ottawa and, like, mm-hmm. near Toronto and all that. Like, driving from New Zealand, like, hour to hour, it would change. Like, Wellington was, like, kind of rocky coastal. It looked very similar to Victoria, B.C., kind of, like, West Coasty, And then uh, just a couple hours north it was like flat farmland like prairies almost and then a couple hours above that like there were like palm trees and i was like mm. in this like tropical like palm tree i was like what the hell i'm like mm. going, traveling through time and there's just uh I, it was uh what was it called mount mount manganui Manga, yeah, manganui yeah manganui um so i sort of got up to like got up early to go hike up it and watch the sunrise and it was just you know one of the probably most beautiful experiences of my life mm. it was just yeah really touching I hope that it sticks with me uh, for a long time because it's quite nice. Mm. New Zealand's our first two adventure trips was to New Zealand. Awesome. I can't speak more highly of the country. Yeah, and it's always the South Island that gets the rap because it's got the Queenstown, it's got uh, the glaciers. I haven't actually been there, so that's on my list. It's yeah. awesome. It's it's straight out straight out of Lord of the Rings, the big yeah. huge Rocky Mountains and and the but the North Island is spectacular. Mount yeah, Monganui, Tongariro Alpine Crossing in the middle. Yeah. There, it's one of the, they say it's the world's best one day hike. Mm. Um, up with like I say, up further north, it's tropical. Mm. Like it's yeah. it's fucking crazy. But um, cool. So next question is um, similar vein, but a place you haven't been. Dream destination can be anywhere. Oh man, um, let's say like Tokyo, Japan, maybe. Whew. Just because it's, nice. I'm sure, I'm sure it's just a totally different than anything I've ever experienced. Like I've been to one or two big cities, but it's like probably just unreal. Um, it's the weirdest totally different say. culture, different language, different everything, different mm. like numbers, like, <laughs> and uh, and then um, uh, they have the Olympics, I guess, heading there, right? Yeah. So that'll be that would be cool to mm. get there for that. Tokyo is um, one of my favorite cities in the world. We, we were there, um, I think it was last year. And um, it was this time last year, so I'm getting all the um, one-year memory things. It was, right. an, it was an adventure bit trip, and we just yeah. had one. Everyone's um, been going off about when we went to the robot restaurant. <laughs> so it's a restaurant where you sit there. It's basically they give you a little bit of food, but you just drink beers, and you watch these big robots come from each side. They've got like go-go dancers and guys with samurai swords and stuff on really? robots. They have ro- yeah, it's a robot restaurant. They have robot wars for like four what? hours. That is what? sick. <laughs> the best oh, thing God. you've Dude. ever seen. Amazing. Um, uh, and my last question is... Um, any good books that you can recommend that have uh, changed your life or changed the way you think about things? Oh my goodness. Um, that's a big question. Um, I hesitate to answer it quickly just because then I feel like I'd be missing out on something else. Mm. But uh, what have I read recently? Um, there's a really good book. I don't, forget the name of the, I think it was Ehrlich, Orlick, Terry, Terry Orlick, uh, perform, uh, Pursuit of Excellence. Um, cool. I think it's technically like a sports psychology book. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just got a lot of really, I haven't even finished it, but uh, it's got a really, um, a lot of really good anecdotes from like Olympians and stuff. Uh, but it's all about just, yeah, focus and and uh, sort of becoming your best self. And it's it's a good read as well as, as informative and helpful. Yeah. Mm. It's really well done. Awesome. Cool. Tommy? Um, now, you mentioned video games. You can say this again, but uh, something you enjoy doing when you have some downtime, when you have some uh, free time. Pretty much... Uh, trying to find as sharp of a contrast as I can to what I do for a living. So if I'm you sure. know, out there on the wad floor thrusting and, and busting my ass... Um, you won't be I'm, having sex. If I'm relaxing, <laughs> well... Uh, I, I want to be uh, laying down, but uh, on the couch watching Netflix yeah. or you know playing some video games. Actually, uh, played some Call of Duty at uh, Rob Forte's house last night. Oh, yeah? yeah? How does he go? He's pretty good. Is he? Yeah. And I mean, like, so I'm, I'm an Xbox guy, so I, I don't like the PlayStation controller, but mm. uh, 
I, yeah, I had a, had a couple highlights. Um, At what was your kill death? Oh, it was awful. Yeah. Uh, I played a couple games, but I got a few assists. I had one game where I was oh, like, that's good. you know, six kills, probably like ten deaths, and a few assists. So yeah, yeah. Get a feel <laughs> for it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was going to say something about Call of Duty there, but I uh, I suck at that game, so I'm going to move on. I prefer Halo personally. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. so do I. Halo's I must prefer Halo. Best, probably best video game franchise ever. Like, oh. obviously, you want to go back to some like the classics, like uh, um, Duke Nukem. Yeah, right. But I mean, Doom. yeah, exactly. Uh, Doom, yeah, Doom is good. But at the same time, like, sure, they had awesome impact and they set the stage, mm. but like Halo also had amazing impact, and it was oh. just the the cinematic like. It was, it was basically like a you know a, a incredible epic movie mm. journey akin to like Lord of the Rings mm. in its scope and in its production, but you got to like interact and play. Mm. And oh, it like, was insane! Amazing. Metal Gear Solid was like that. But oh. you're, an Xbox, you're an Xbox guy, so you wouldn't have you wouldn't have, might not have played Metal Gear Solid. But that's it's on I, the Xbox now. Solid. But yeah, oh, it's, really, it's uh, in the old days. Yeah, that I think that was like mm. also like incredible. Yeah, and the music for it was like. Whoa. It just gets yeah. you up. That's yeah, it's quite good. Actually. Like it was yeah. just, I'm, I'm a little excited yeah. now. You know? Another game with really good music was uh, Morrowind. Um, oh, yeah. And the whole like Elder Scrolls series. They got really good music and just mind blowing like scope of 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 world and and activity that you can participate in. Yeah, Morrowind was sick, but this yeah. is probably going to be like a very geeky thing to say. But sure. like whenever I'd play Morrowind. I would just kill everyone in their houses and Aww. just get over and comfort because I take all this shit. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on. Yeah. Um, now, uh, big role model growing up, biggest inspiration, um, someone you look up to. Oh, man. Um... ZZ Top? <laughs> <laughs> no, my, uh, I think my, my dad actually got me like a ZZ Top CD when like, we were little or whatever, which was interesting because yeah. I obviously didn't have a beard back then. But Cool music, but yeah. uh, no, uh, I mean... Yeah, like athletically, um, I'd say my dad was probably my first, I guess you'd say like coach. Like, you know, when I was a kid, he would, he took me and my brother to practice and games and videotaped all our stuff every weekend and uh, taught us how to throw and, you know, taught us how to sprint properly with our arms by our size and, mm. and uh, our, you know, lined up and high knees and taught us how to high jump and long jump and, and do push ups and stuff like that. So that kind of, really, I think, set me on a path of, uh, you know, sort of a proper form, attention to detail, uh, physical effort, enjoying enjoying my body and playing sports and working out. Mm. Um, so I really appreciate that because I don't, don't think I'd be where I am today without, uh, without his sort of influence and guidance in, uh, in, that, in that aspect. And then, so I actually had, uh, I had a birthday party. My birthday was in August. Um, so I had my friends over to, uh, to my parents' backyard. It's probably like the sixth time we've done this, have a nice little like well, big barbecue mm. and uh, and put up a volleyball net and play around and stuff. And I'm I'm down at the bottom of the yard and looking back over the bushes and we've got a big tree with a rope climb. And I see my dad pop out over the over the bushes and he's climbing the rope. And he's like, you know, in his in his mid to late sixties. Wow. And uh, he's doing like a legless rope climb, like showing off for my friends. Like yeah. it's uh, pretty pretty incredible. So I hope uh, you know, when I'm when I'm uh, at that age that I can do that sort of thing. I'm yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty yeah. Pretty awesome. Hopefully it wasn't um, trying to impress a girl there because we all know how that happens. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, now, final question. Um, if you could invite three people dead or alive to a dinner, uh, who would they be and why? And obviously you, your family can be there and, sure. and, and that sort of stuff. Three people dead or alive to a dinner. Mm. Um, oh my goodness. Uh Let's see. How about, um, man, I don't know. It is a tough one. This is a tough one. Mm. Uh, Sometimes I think about putting it in the email to our guests, but then other <laughs> yeah. times. Uh, that would have been nice. We've spoken about it for the last, time. Um, the well, podcast has been alive for six months. We've spoken about it for the last seven months. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But then I like, so, I like the, the spontaneity of just going, who are you going to pick? Well, here's the thing. I hate that spontaneity because I want to, I want to, I want to consider my answers and yeah. consider all the factors involved. So if one thing I just thought of, well, maybe I would invite someone that I don't like so that I can poison them. Uh, yeah, <laughs> or like Goffrey, for example. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Goffrey, come around. Yeah. Dinner, yeah. dinner. We've got um, Rob Club, we've got a volleyball net. Rob Stuck, yeah, Rob, you're yeah, not invited. Yeah. Don't come, Rob. <laughs> I don't um, like you. And who's cooking this dinner? Is the person preparing the food have to be included in, in myself and the people that are invited? So well, maybe one of them is going to be an excellent chef, so I don't have to cook, they can cook. Um, I haven't even 
never thought of that. That's really, that's very true. Great. All right, um, you can pick your own chef and then three I- other people. <laughs> so Gordon Ramsay will be there. And uh, then you can get, maybe not Gordon Ramsay then. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. So... You know, you want to know who our most popular guest has been? You guys tell me. You want to know who our most popular guest has been? Jesus is probably second to Adolf Hitler. Mm -hmm. Well, polar opposites. I don't know if Jesus would attend. He's had uh, he's had a bad history with getting invited to to suppers. Um, (laughs) Very true. So he might not RSVP. He's already had Um, last. Yeah, that's actually that's actually an interesting mention though that Hitler like because you kind of want to ask him like, dude. Yeah. Dude, well, come yeah. on, dude. Have right? you seen what you look like, bro? And, <laughs> yeah. But this uh, is a beard. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think about that a lot. Well, maybe not a lot. I don't want to say that. But like, um, you know, like did Hitler laugh when he farted in the bathtub? Probably. Yeah, that's true. Like what, you know, what kind of music did Hitler like? Yeah. Like he, was, he was probably a good artist. He was a, a beautiful artist. Beautiful. <laughs> he was. Well, it's not a joke. <laughs> well, isn't, isn't, isn't the joke that like, you know, people didn't appreciate his art. So he got a complex and then that's why. That's, yeah, that's yeah, literally yeah. the yeah. thing. Uh, is it, is there some truth to do with that? Um, I can't imagine of, that all of that stemmed from, from his issues. With surely us, not. They said like the board had, members were all Jewish. Sure, right. I heard it all happened because he had one testicle. You know the old song. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's put Hitler on the guest list. Cool. Um, but let's maybe use a different name so I'd, uh, if that gets released to the public, I don't get in trouble. Yeah, that's right. Um, maybe uh, let's okay. Let's pick an athlete. Um, so we've got a historical figure. Let's pick an athlete. Uh, Damn it. Maybe um, maybe uh, let's say a successful Olympian. So maybe Usain Bolt. He seems like a cool guy to hang out with. Oh, he'd be um, the best for a dinner party. I hear he likes to like play video games and smoke weed and stuff. So yeah, that'd be sick. Um, or maybe Michael Phelps because uh, I loves also like to smoke weed and play video games. <laughs> <laughs> well, because he's he's got the most medals. I said, so. you know, not a compression session. Yeah. <laughs> or potentially, uh, potentially, I think, Imagine you walk it? into Lucas Parker's house, it's him, Usain Bolt, and fucking Smoking Bolt, the open door, the smoke, porn <laughs> video game controls all over the floor. Hitler's getting frustrated. Yeah. yeah. Um, Hitler's giggling his tits off. Hitler's farting in the bath and giggling his tits off. Oh, shit. Another option for an athlete would maybe be, um, I, oh, I hope I get the name right, I think it's Clara Hughes. She's, uh, uh, Olympic, uh, uh, pardon me, a uh, winter and summer uh, Olympic medalist. Wow, um, which awesome. is pretty unique. So that'd be a cool perspective. Mm. I think it's Claire Hughes. Um, she's not the gymnast. No, she's. Oh. Uh, I think it's like track cyclist and a. Uh, I shouldn't be talking about who I don't know, but yeah, some like some other winter or, sport or something. Yeah, winter sport. Um, and uh, okay, so we've got a historical figure. We've got an athlete, maybe like a musician. Mm. Um, so. Hell, maybe like Elvis, mm. just to be Elvis like. Be cool. So hold on, like, so I was allowed to invite like anyone, dead or alive. Yeah. So are you dead or are you alive? Yeah, you know? that's <laughs> so very I true. Get the final <laughs> answer there. Yeah. That's good. That's cool. Or awesome. same with Biggie or Tupac, I guess. Right. Yeah, Biggie or Tupac would be mad. Um, um, final question: How do you get your beard so juicy? Uh, <laughs> I really question the Ointments? use of your word juicy, <laughs> but. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I actually appreciate you guys not making the whole podcast about asking questions about my beard. Yeah. It's like, it is like the easiest thing in the world. You just sit around for six months without touching your face <laughs> and presto mundo. I guess. Yeah, that's right. True. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't really, I don't really use any products. Um, cause that's not, that's not why I have it. It's more just, it's just kind of how I look and mm. I like to look how I look and mm. that's how I look. Um, so obviously I shower and shampoo it like mm. once or twice a month. Um, uh, you mean you you shower regularly in your shampoo once yeah, or twice yeah, a month? Yeah. Uh, sure, let's go with that. Um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> but I think I mean nutritionally, I think is is has the biggest impact on mm. whatever, like your skin or your beard or your hair on your head. Like, so I you know take a bit of fish oil. I try and eat well. I try and stay hydrated, and uh, I think that just. Uh, does the trick as as far as keeping me one notch above hobo. I guess just like you, you're kind of like a living paradox in a sense that your nutrition is so good and it's working so well for your beard except up, up top. There's, there's, there's not a whole lot going up there. So well, it's, do you rub uh, just like chicken protein into your cheeks and then... It's it's migration. Yeah, that's right? true. Like there's, there's only so much hair available for one human body and uh, most of mine is on my face yeah. so it has to draw from other areas. <laughs> Mine's on my ass. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Cool. Oh, very good. All right, sweet. 
Um, hey, Lucas, why don't you um, finish off? Where can they find you, man? And um, oh, for obviously, um, and then you want to plug first, and then where mm. can they find you? Jeez Louise, uh, what do I want to plug here? I got a lot going on. Obviously, I'm, I'm here so, in Melbourne. We're uh, recording right now. This will go out on Monday now. Okay. So, for, so you can pump up the next week's Sounds stuff, good. but it won't yeah. be out before. Well, the retroactively, one I'll say I'm assuming I had a great time here in Melbourne. Uh, <laughs> everyone at the workshop was amazing. It was great <laughs> to meet you all. Um, and I look forward to actually meeting you. Um, mm. and, uh, and then I'll be in Brisbane for another workshop. Uh, this is midweek. This is Wednesday and Thursday um, at, uh, at CrossFit Torian. Um, and then I'm going to be at the Torian Pro. So if you can't make it to the workshop, maybe you can swing by the event and uh, give me a high five. Uh, I will also be selling some of my coveted Lucas Parker original products here, which include men's T-shirts, ladies' tanks, and some ball caps. Um, so this is, I, in my opinion, a great opportunity to save on shipping. So instead of having to send this product from Canada to Australia, I've basically brought it here, hand delivered them myself. Uh, so if you want to pick something up, uh, now's the time. Um, mm. And then uh, you can find me uh, all over the internet. If I'm not being uh, memed by someone else, I'm trying to uh, put my own content out there. Uh, so I'm obviously on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Tukluke. Um I've got my Facebook page as well, a Facebook athlete page, Lucas Parker. I've got my website, lucasparker.ca, where you can find more info about uh, the events I'm putting on and the products I offer. Uh, and other than that, just uh, don't be shy. Um, I think a lot of people like, you know, assume that because I have uh, whatever, I guess like a website and like social media that has a decent following that I'm kind of like not behind that or not on that. But like, mm. that's me, you know, I, I read the comments. I, uh, I go and, and like other people's stuff. Uh, so if you have any questions or whatever, um, hit me up on there and uh, and don't be a stranger. Awesome. Awesome. Well, man, cool, it's man. been um, an absolute pleasure. Loved it. It's good fun. Pleasure happy the, was uh, all mine. I hope definitely the tribute sort of paid off in the end there with the that guitar. Was that was great. Good. I'm actually, I'm going to, do you have like a SoundCloud or something yeah. where I can go like see your other ones? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will set one up now. Yeah. It's <laughs> probably going to be just yeah. releasing up, an uh, album next week. Yeah. yeah. Are, you, right. are you on iTunes? <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on SoundCloud under Big Papa 696969. So <laughs> okay. if you just look me up there, I'll, uh, three, I'll, three, three, <laughs> three, six, nine, three, six, nine. All right, Lucas. Thanks. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank and, you, uh, that's a wrap. Alrighty, gang, that was the show. I hope you enjoyed it. Luke's Park was a really, really sick dude to, to hang out with. We had him for two and a half hours here, um, which is really lucky because he's only in Melbourne for a little bit of a short time, but we are definitely going to hang out with the great man, the uh, the bearded wonder, the eighth bearded wonder of the world. <laughs> uh, hopefully we can get up to Canada and uh, northern parts of the US. So uh, he's, a, he's a Heath legend, a real mm. Heath legend. He's a real he's a real leg end. A leg end. Yep. Um, yeah, so if you like the show, guys, make sure you subscribe, help us grow the show, get bigger uh, bigger guests and uh, and be able to bring you better quality stuff. Mm. Um, so subscribe. Also, tell your friends about our show. That'll be great. If you want anything from the show, as in show notes, go to www.adventurewithtravel.com forward slash podcast. It'll all be there. Yep. And then don't forget to check out True Pride. Save yourself $150 a week, $600 a month by spending $97 a month. www.truepride.com.au forward slash ADVF and also get yourself an assistant if you're an entrepreneur if you're a gym owner go to www.carve.ph forward slash ADVF if you want any questions if you have any questions about that hit me up directly doc at adventurefittravel.com also adventurefittravel.com um, for all our trips we got coming up just released Jared Fleming in Mexico just released Carl Paoli in, 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 uh, in Bali Carl Porter's coming up um, US is coming up we got lots of good stuff happening so check that out too you'll love it that's it boy enjoy the show